Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Couple XY podcast. I'm Rosie. And I'm Brian. And this is the podcast where we talk about spooky Halloween stuff. And other things. And And, things. and we drink. Yes, and we drink. And so, um, if you're listening, please rate and review on Spotify, Apple, um, Amazon. Anchor, Amazon, yes. And drop us a line at couplexypodcast at gmail.com. I feel like my microphone is not close enough to me. There we go. And you can also uh, follow our um, Facebook group. Our Facebook page, which is Couple XY Podcast, not just Couple XY, I discovered. Yes, Couple XY Podcast on Facebook. Um, please like and comment on stuff. Yeah. There's a. Send us DMs. Yeah, I needed to uh, post a picture of our last Halloween costumes on there. I remember now. Yeah, I think we needed to post some pictures. We need to do more on social media. Yeah, we do. But, uh, yeah, you can hit us up there. You can hit us up on our um, email account. You can uh, leave comments, uh, rate, and review with whatever, wherever you listen to your podcast at. Um, it really helps grow the podcast, which, you know, if we don't grow, we don't grow. If we do grow, we do grow. We'd like to, but, you know, we kind of do this for us. Yeah. And anybody who listens, hey, we appreciate you. But yeah, give us five stars on Spotify if you feel so inclined. <laughs> and give us a nice review. That'd be great. <laughs> okay, what are we talking about today? So what Wait. was your day like? What was My you, day, You yeah. had a thing today. I had a thing today, yeah. We had a couchon de lait. Mm-hmm. Do you know what that is? Do you know what that is? I okay, do. I know what you know what that is, yeah. It's a pig roast. Okay, but do you know why it's called a couchon de lait? It's couchon is pig in French. Mm-hmm. Delay or delat is milk. Milk. So it's a suckling pig. It's a young pig. Oh. we That definitely was not a young pig on the spit today. Sometimes you don't use pig. it. Like, it, it usually is, yeah, usually it's a, a, a larger pig to feed a lot of people. But it's, it's um, how we always did it is we would get a pig around Christmas and then we would butcher it for, like, Easter. Um, so there was, like, some tradition in that. Um, Wait, you get a live pig and you'd fatten it up? Yeah, my grandfather would. Oh. And then we would um, we would kill the pig. Um, I've been involved in, in the slaying of pigs. Oh. But I kill them in the woods. Yeah, but those aren't those aren't domestic pigs. Those are straight up boars. Those things will gouge out your calves. You know, if you let a domestic pig loose, it basically becomes feral very quickly. Yeah, and it grows tusks. Yep. Um, but yeah, you would uh, you would kill it usually with a uh, small caliber rifle, um, like a twenty two, and then you you become you start the uh, uh, I think it's called a bruchette bruchette. It's a it's French for for butch, butchery, um, and the couchon de lait is part of that where you would roast the pig. Um, you also have in the French culture or the Cajun culture where like the entire town would come together and you would use the pig from snout to tail. Ah. Um, so you would make like hogshead cheese. Pickle the hooves. You would make bacon, um, cracklins, which you're not a fan of. If you've never had a cracklin, it's like a pork rind, but better. I will say, um, our one of my coworkers made fresh cracklins today. That was the bomb. Yeah, you, you, it's good. I mean, you you just have to. It's yeah. juicy and it's um, it's soft when mm-hmm. they're when they're fresh. Yeah, when they get old or you overcook them, they can get kind of hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of like a, a pork rind, but better. Pretty much. So, uh, yeah, all good stuff. All, uh, all part of a uh, Cajun tradition. And uh, Cajun tradition has a lot of different things in it. 
Um, and we borrow some of these traditions from pagans. We do. <laughs> and that's really Maybe. interesting. Yeah. Because today we are going to talk about paganism. Yes. Paganism, not paganism. Pagan? <laughs> Pagan. P-A-G-A-N. Yeah. yeah. Not pagan. <laughs> pagan is something, something else. else. <laughs> uh, okay. We're 12 again. We are 12, yes. Um, so, yes. Uh, so, uh, I think we've both done a li- little research. Yes, I, I did some, I did a, I think, I have five pages of research. Wow. Yeah. I just read like two articles. Okay. Well, I have five pages of things to say. Okay. So. So, let's, uh, let's start off. With, I think we both looked this up, and I, but we probably came to the same conclusion. What is paganism? Yes, defining paganism. So um, I have the, the, the base uh, definition for paganism, um, which is a derogatory term first used in the 4th century by early Christians for people in the Roman Empire who practiced polytheism or ethnic religions other than Judaism. And Christianity. Right. Yes, and Christianity. Yeah. So anything polytheistic, mm-hmm. um, you were you were called a pagan, which was a mean mean thing to say to right. someone. So this is about the time that you start seeing the um, uh, Roman Empire, and I don't know exactly when um, was Constantine who, on his deathbed, converted to Christianity. To yes. Christianity, which mm-hmm. brought the entire Roman Empire to Christianity. Was that in the 4th century? Was that about this time or was it a little bit before? Um, I, I don't remember. That's a good question. I would have to look it up. Um, we don't necessarily need to do that right now, but um, I think it, it, it is like I think around this time that you're starting to see Christianity become the dominant religion of the Roman Empire, which is the spreads across most of Europe, so uh, a lot of the world that is at that time considered to be developed um uh, there's a lot of other world that isn't that also has like religions but this is i guess when we start to see christianity become a a driving force right and i did look up uh constantine the great he died may 22nd 337 a.d okay so we're yeah fourth uh, century right that'd be the second century wouldn't it Zero is the first century, mm-hmm. one is the second, two is the third, three is the fourth. Oh, okay. It sure. always runs, like right now we're in the um, 21st, 21st century. Century, And it's 20. Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha. So yeah, fourth century. Um, let's see. So I'll just keep reading here. Um, in the time of the Roman Empire, individuals fell into the pagan class either because they were increasingly rural and provincial relative to the Christian population, or because they were not milites Christi, soldiers of Christ. Alternative derogatory terms used in Christian texts were Helene, Gentile, or heathen. I'm probably not saying those right, except uh, for heathen. Helene was probably the um, uh, the Hellspot, Hellspawn, which is the area um, like kind of where Istanbul is right now. Um, that area where, like, Europe meets Asia, um, isn't that what that was called in Greece? I have no idea. Okay, I think that's what that's called, is the Hellspot or Hellspawn or something like that, Hellspawn, I think, and 
it's where like you would have the invasions, the Persian invasions coming across um, to invade Greece. It's that kind of land bridge into Europe, mm. uh, that very narrow like isthmus where Constantinople is now. I'm not good with geography. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I see Europe and Asia as one big fat continent. Yeah, Europe really isn't its own continent. It just happens to be that because of because it's so big. I think it's more political forces. You think so? Yeah, I think that it just was. It's it's the culture that spread, mm-hmm. and that we live in, and has dominated the world. Okay. Uh, but yeah. Uh, so uh, and Gentile, uh, they use that a lot in the Bible. Um, I think. Oh yeah, Gentile. Yeah. And I think um, they refer a lot to like the Greeks and stuff as Gentiles, but they yeah they I think they literally refer to people who are uh, poly. Um, Polytheistic polytheistic as uh, Gentiles. Right. Uh, Ritual sacrifice was an integral part of ancient Greco-Roman religion and was regarded as an indication of whether a person was pagan or Christian. Paganism has broadly connotated, connoted, excuse me, um, the religion of the, of the peasantry is how it was understood. It's kind of funny that like they, they, that Christianity use paganism and sacrifice as something that's morally wrong when the basis of Christianity is a sacrifice. Like Jesus was sacrificed. Right. But that God was sacrificed be, his only son for our sins. That was supposed sins. to be the last sacrifice, the perfect sacrifice or whatever. Right. I'm, I'm doing air quotes. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. And in the Old Testament, people were still sacrificing. Right. But that's... Yeah, that, that, that was before Jesus. So, um, let's see. Do you want to keep reading? I, I think we've got a pretty good idea of what what it is. Okay. Um, well, I'm just uh, let's see. Give us some examples. You have some examples right there. Um, let's see. During and after the Middle Ages, the term paganism was applied to any non-Christian religion, and the term presumed a belief in false gods. The origin of the application of the term pagan to polytheism is debated. In the 19th century, paganism was adopted as a self-descriptor by members of various artistic groups inspired by the ancient worlds. In the 20th century, it came to be applied as a self-descriptor by practitioners of modern paganism, neo-pagan movements, and polytheistic reconstructivists. Reconstructionists, excuse me. So people who are like trying to go back to like polytheism. Mm-hmm. Um, modern pagan traditions often incorporate beliefs or practices such as nature worship that are different from those of the largest world religions. So, do you have any, like, examples? Examples of pagan practices? No, just pagan, like, religions. Um, that's the thing. Like, I couldn't find any, like, names. Like, Wiccan? So, witches? So, yeah, Wiccan, um, it's... I think there's, uh, there is a, a kind of a resurgent of... There's one in Iceland that has now become recognized, and it's kind of the resurgent of the... And I couldn't pronounce it if I wanted to. Um, but it is kind of the resurgent of the uh, Viking culture. Okay. Um, so so Nordic mythology. I think it's kind of Nordic mythology. I didn't get too deep into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is there is a a new kind of thought process of it. You know that that paganism is a thing. Um, but when you all right, so we kind of define it, and let's let's talk about like what we want to talk about in this. So, because we don't know, like we don't know what the other one like looked at or thinks of or anything like that. So, 
when you're you've got five pages of research, where do you want to take this podcast tonight? Um, I let's see. I um I go further into the exp- into the explanation of what paganism actually is versus how the word is defined and how it originated. Okay. So I can talk about that. Um, I have that pulled up right now. Um, I also want to go through, let me skim here. Um, oh, did we start a timer? Nope. <laughs> I think we were both kind of excited about this one. Yeah, yeah, because it's, it's really interesting to me. Like, parts of this, like, this parts of this religion like make so much more sense to me than Christianity, mm-hmm. um, which is totally blasphemous um, to the part of me that's still that still has like Southern Baptist guilt. Yeah, but that's the thing about <laughs> that about pagans is why you know why is it why do Christians hate them so much? Mm-hmm. It was a marketing ploy. I, I totally believe the same thing. Like, it, they really, it it was basically, they exterminated a, this religion, mm-hmm. and I guess it was easy to exterminate. Yeah, you're it, demonizing these nature worshipers, these people who believe in the divine fem- feminine along with the uh, divine masculine energies and gods. Um, and But there was no centralized, and there still isn't. There's no centralized. Right, it's, it's a very personal thing, and it's a very... Um, it would, it's, it's basically contra, it's basically different between village and it was different between village and village. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, it was easy to exterminate compared to like Christianity now or, or at the time, like Catholicism, we'll just say Catholicism because that was the major like uh, driving, uh, Christian force mm-hmm. until like Martin Luther and the referee, referee, Reformation. Um, but, yeah, I think it was really easy, in, in a sense, to drive out a lot of the paganism. Now, there were there were certain areas that it was much harder in, I think, like um, the Vikings. Uh, but for a lot of it, like if you had, unless you had a really close net, because also there was no, like, nationality at the time, right? We, you weren't a nation. Right. In America, we are considered a nation, mm-hmm. and like, it's almost easy to say that we're a Christian nation, nation even though there's a separation between well, yeah, church Christians, and state. Christians, the hardcore Christians, want to say that we are a Christian nation when we're really not. Right. So, it, but in, during this time, with the Roman Empire growing and stuff like that, it was there was no nations. There was no France. There was no Germany. Germany wasn't a thing until what the. It was just a collection of Germanic tribes. Yeah, eighteen hundreds was when like it actually became a thing. Mm. Um, it wasn't a thing very long before like World War One. It, the, but like you, Germany wasn't Germany. No, it was like yeah. It was different. Just basically little kingdoms. Look, oh, um, interesting. Okay, would, there were the the um, um, Persian, per, not the Persians, but um. The ones who Prussians? fought. Prussians? Prussians, Prussians. yeah. And oh God, I, there are so many hard words to say tonight. <laughs> it's going to be okay. We're going to go slow, and we're going to be concise. But um, so the that, that whole area wasn't really like a thing, you know? Uh, so there wasn't a, like, nations didn't really, like, nationality didn't start to really become a thing until like 
early 20th century, and then you get into World War One and all that other stuff. But I think that because there were nations, it was easier for the like the Roman Empire, even in its crumbling stages, to like export this Christianity. And through the the um, Dark Ages, it was very easy to like stop like view paganism as an evil and be able to drive it out. Hmm. And, and because there wasn't a lot of, like, structure, it was easy to, like, kill a lot of pagans. Mm-hmm. It was a religious calling to kill pagans. Yeah, that's, that's the fucked up part for me. When you're, like, when you're killing in name of your God, that's, like, when you're killing other people in mm-hmm. the name of your God, that's questionable. At, at the least, it's questionable. Um, I also want to talk about, um, so I am mostly French and German. Mm-hmm. Um, my family immigrated from Belgium to America. Um, so I looked up, um, I tried to find specific deities that were... Um, specific to those er- to that area of Belgium what was um, what was called uh, Gaul yes mm-hmm. part of yeah part, part of, of Gaul that, which part is of Gaul. which is France and, and and Germany and Belgium and uh, the Belgians were actually a tribe and the mm-hmm. uh, Romans were very scared of them Yes, um, they, I did read about that. Yeah, uh, the the Romans. They said the fiercest of all of the Germanic tribes were Belgians. Mm-hmm. Belgians. They really felt like as you went further north, the the people got larger and harder and more ferocious. And the Belgians, which are right up against the English Channel, were the most uh, fierce that they encountered. Mm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I did find a couple uh, deities that are related to that region, mm-hmm. um, which I found totally fascinating. So, um, but yeah, I want to, s- let's get into um, defining pagan, like pagan practices. Okay. Um, so are we looking at like pagan practices that we now have like taken from paganism and incorporated into Christianity? Or do you just want to like... We're talking about like pagan paganism aside from Christianity. Okay. Um, we can talk about how Christianity has absorbed pagan mm-hmm. traditions um, to, I guess, to soften the transition mm-hmm. of converted pagans. Yeah, great marketing. Yes, great marketing. <laughs> it's like, hey, you can still do this. We're just going to call it something else, and you're going to be worshiping a different god. That's all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, yeah, pagans may be trained in particular traditions, or they may follow their own inspiration. Paganism is not dogmatic. Pagans pursue their own vision of the divine as a direct and personal experience. <coughs> Pagan, excuse me, I have to burp. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm having a beer tonight. It's not good. Paganism is the ancestral religion of the whole of humanity. The ancient religious outlook remains active throughout much of the world today, both in complex civilizations such as Japan and India, and in less complex tribal societies worldwide. It was the outlook of the European religions of classic antiquity, Persia, Egypt, Greece, and Rome, as well as, as well as their, quote, barbarian neighbors on the northern fringes. And its European form is reemerging into explicit awareness in the modern West as the articulation of urgent contemporary religious priorities. Okay. I got this information from uh, paganfederation.org. Right. Not a great website, but... Got a little information on had it. S- had some good information. Okay, so what... 
I'm hearing, and I haven't read any of this, and you, you go really fast when you read. I'm sorry. Um, that's okay. It's just hard sometimes. Like we don't we don't do a good job sometimes of, of like when we read um, like really breaking down this information. So let's try to like break down what you just said a little bit. Okay. Do you want me to start? No, 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 no. Okay. Um, so um, so we're, you was talking about like the Eastern um, um, religions, like mm-hmm. Japan, India, mm-hmm. which are still poly. Polytheistic, yeah. They, they're, they're polytheistic, yeah. Uh, I know, I India, know India Hin- is. Hinduism, yes. Um, Japan, is Buddhism... I think Buddhism has a very... Is Buddhism Chinese? I think it has a... Well, I think the Japanese have a very strong connection with, like, the, the like, nature in their religion. Um, and I don't think there is a god. Like, I, I don't... I'm, I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, but we're, I know it's we're not totally Christi- speculating. I, I know it's not Christianity. It's Yeah, it's not. So, um, um, whatever... Buddhism... Sh- Shinduism? Sh- uh, okay. I'm just going to Google this. Okay, so we were talking about that. So that there is, like, the entire, so, like, the East, what we call the East, um, would be. Shinto. Shinto. Ah. Buddha, and, and in Buddhism, two okay. main faiths. So those are not, like. Which Japanese people often practice simultaneously. That's interesting. So um, we have, so they have multiple um, things. I think, I think, Shin, like, the Japanese Shinto. Shinto, 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 Shinto. Doesn't it have some kind of ancestral worshiping to it too? Yes. Okay, so that's a big thing in mm-hmm. a lot of pagan rituals, yes. where it's not in Christianity. Yes, I do touch on that. Okay. Um, like worshiping ancestors, asking ancestors for help and mm-hmm. guidance. Um, what I latched onto when reading this part is that paganism is not dogmatic. Mm-hmm. And what does that kind of mean? That means that. Let me get the exact definition right, because it is... So dogmatic kind of means that there has to be a set standard of rules? Um, yeah, a principle or set of principles laid down by an authority as incontrovertibly true. Mm-hmm. So, as in unquestionable. So there's not, not a lot of dogma. So yeah, there's so there's no, there's no book saying, hey, these are the rules. So, this is the, so when you talk about paganism, it kind of gives you the freedom to create your own, like... What you feel is right. Right. Like your interpretation of nature, how you feel, what you think, like, yeah, what you, who you want to worship, mm-hmm. whatever, um, how you want to do your, your spiritual journey, you know, yeah, there's a lot of freedom in that. So some, in, in some extent, it's a very open-minded and a very, um, kind of like you have to have like some kind of intelligence to do it. Because you're not going to be told what to think, right? You're you're going to have you're to. You're not develop, following blindly. You're you're going to have to develop your own ideas, right? So, I guess to some extent, like for people who are like very much like to be free thinkers and like to like do um, that kind of just want to find their own path, like paganism is kind of a, a really good religion. Mm-hmm. Um, I d- I don't. I don't know if you can go, you can be a pagan. I guess you could kind of be a pagan and a Christian. Yeah, I've thought about that. I mean, if you believe, if you're a pagan that believes that all the gods are real, then, then the, the Christian God is real as well. Well, I mean, maybe you believe in only one God, but you don't follow the dogma. Does that make you a Christian, a pagan? 
like you, you might believe that God is real, mm-hmm. um, but you don't have to necessarily believe like that Jesus existed, or you may not necessarily have to believe that like um, uh, what's ri- like the what's written in the Bible has to be followed specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of stuff. Would you be considered a pagan? That's a good question. So you're worshiping. You worship. Jesus. Jesus, like you, you believe Jesus is you follow like you your, follow Jesus' teachings, right? But you, you, but also, you don't subscribe to the dogma, right? Okay, because like, like the teachings of there is a sense that I get with modern Christianity, which is it's kind of becoming like what Judaism was in the time of Christ, which is you took ten commandments and you have just tons and tons of rules being forced upon you, right? You know, you have to believe this, you have to believe that, you mm-hmm. have to you know, think this way or this way. Yeah, uh, there are very specific rules. Yeah, I mean, maybe you're a Christian who doesn't believe that, like, you have to, like, push your religion on other people. Right. Uh, maybe you're, you're a Christian who believes that, you know, pagans can exist, and that's fine. hmm And the dogma of Christianity says you can't believe that. Right. Um, yeah, that's really interesting. That's kind of... Um, that I have, I've had that thought before, like wondering, like, can you combine the teachings of Jesus with paganism? Because mm-hmm. really, when it, when you boil it down, like what the teachings of Jesus what are, it's really just being kind and doing the right thing. Don't be an asshole. And helping your neighbor. Yeah, just don't be an asshole. Yeah, that's really it. Um. And. So I think, but yeah, like, like Christianity rejects the divine feminine. Mm-hmm. So you can't be a Christian pagan. Um, I think. But that's what I'm saying. Like, if you don't reject it, are you a Christian pagan? Like, even the Catholic Church has, like, some divine femininity in it because they are very yeah. big on, like, uh, Mary. They pray to Mary, don't yeah. they? Yes. Yeah. So, and uh, we're going to touch on this, but is that like a callback to the pagan side? Absolutely, yes. Um, and it's really the the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit should have is the mother. Like it's it was mother, father, son, and then they changed it to Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Uh, do you know that for sure? Are you like? I'm, uh, this is a little bit of speculation, but this is also just me, like, connecting things. Okay, because I, like, see it in a totally yeah, different way. I've studied religion. Like, I've studied religion. Mm-hmm. Um, there are unbelievable parallels. Like, everybody has borrowed from everybody. See, I thought that it was more of the nature worship. Like, the Holy Spirit the is Holy the, Spirit the, is the nature. nature. Yeah. Oh, no, I was not taught that way. No, I wasn't taught either. Okay. So, like, this is just my own development. Maybe mm-hmm. it's my pagan <laughs> Christianity. Maybe it's my free thinking. Mm. <laughs> like, no, that's what, like what I'm saying is like my yeah. pagan, like Holy Spirit is just like the spirit of the earth, the mother earth or whatever you want to call it. But like this, this entity that is there mm-hmm. and it's not God, it's not Jesus, it's everything else, but call it whatever you may. Like to me, it's that nature spirit. Mm-hmm. See, yeah. the um, So when we talk about, like there's parallels in Buddhism as well between the the idea of the Holy Spirit because there's 
the divine in you recognizes the divine in me and stuff like that, or the divine in me recognizes the divine in you. And yeah, like, so recognizing that we are all divine beings, we just have to help ourselves ascend and be and be and grow to our true, our, our true potential, you know? Um, but yeah, what I was going to say about parallels. So there is, so we're going all the way back to Egyptian, to ancient Egyptian mythology. Okay. Um, the, there is a, a story about Isis, um, the, the mother goddess basically of Egypt, um, and how she, she was the first, um, instance of immaculate conception. Mm-hmm. She had, she birthed Horus through divine conception. So through, she was a virgin mm-hmm. and she birthed Horus. Um, so another parallel, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm not going to interrupt. No, you. go ahead. I'm going to say another parallel is Zeus birthing Athena. Yes, Athena popping out of Zeus's head, right. fully formed and as an adult and in her armor, ready to go. Um, yeah, and uh, um, Osiris um, as a sort of Jesus figure um, coming back from the dead. Mm-hmm. So he is a, the he is an undead god. Um, was he resurrected or is he just undead? He was. He was. He was basically resurrected. So what happened was. Um, I believe it was Osiris's brother, uh, Set. Uh, okay, so sorry, it was just a, another god. I'm not gonna try and get the other gods' names right. Um, so uh, he was jealous of him, basically, and t- uh, Osiris's brother was jealous of him. So Osiris's brother cut him up into teeny tiny, tiny pieces. That, that and doesn't s- sound much like Cain and Abel. <laughs> yeah, exactly right, and. Um, Basically tossed them all around Egypt, like mm-hmm. just scattered his his remains all around Egypt. And this is another thing that's usually done, like scatter. You you see this in a lot of different religions. It's the scattering of remains, and that becomes things. Oh really? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because I'm thinking of um, um, I'm still thinking of ancient Egyptian mythology of uh, the um, the the, the sky and the earth are really just deities, bodies mm-hmm. um, that have transformed into the sky and the earth and the ocean. Um, but yeah, so Osiris's remains are scattered all across Egypt. And Isis goes and recovers all of his remains, except for his penis. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, that, that's, that's important to note. And um, puts him back together. So essentially resurrects him. So I wonder if this, um, I wonder if like through time that part got added in there. Which part? The not gathering the penis. I don't know. Because like if you look at like how Christianity has has like taken a lot of pagan um, symbols and, and just like pagan art and stuff like that, you look at the um, the Egyptian art, not Egyptian, well Egyptian, but uh, Greek art that the um, that was destroyed, you would see them cut off. like Because the, the Greeks did a lot of art in the full nude, right? Right. And you and they would cut off the area where the penis was. Like there would be a penis there. They'd put a leaf over it. A lot of them was destroyed. Yeah. 
So anything that was considered pagan art was destroyed. But th- I'm wondering if that's what happened to this story is like Christianity couldn't stomp it out. But, hey, guess what? We can go ahead and say he didn't get the penis because we aren't. Because Roman Christianity wasn't comfortable with sexuality um, because of debauchery of the Romans. Oh, the debauchery of the pagan Romans? Every Roman was pagan, yes. Yeah. But until, like, but before Christianity, I think it was... um, uh, Before Constantine converted everybody to Christianity. Yeah, and then there was St... Augustus? Yeah, one one of the one of the popes or one of the saints was really against Yeah, like didn't even want a, against sex of any kind. Any kind, like even between married people. I don't right. know how he wanted people to procreate. Right. <laughs> so But there the, um, there was an extremely interesting like tangent and side thing on this is which it which is um in, in Christianity, which is like Celtic Christianity, which was much more open in its sexuality. Yeah, they had sex rights, didn't they? I think so, yeah. And it got, like, really stomped out by the Roman side of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, there was a – and I'd like to do some more research into it one day, but um, there is definitely, like, a thing where, like, the northern Europeans and the early Christianity were very much m- intermingling their paganism and their Christianity, and it would have been very different. But that's not the world we got. Right. Yeah. It would have been an interesting world. Mm-hmm. But we did not get it. Right. And maybe we're going back to it. Um, I think, I don't know. I don't have the statistics. You have the statistics. I do have a little statistic. But go ahead and, like, where were we going with what you had? Uh, that was really it. And I was going to say, like, um, in, I, I'm, I'm thinking of Jesus parallels now. So in uh, Greek mythology, uh, Dionysus, or Bacchus in Roman and mythology, um, he's the god of wine. He has his that own. I'm drinking. <laughs> yeah, he has his own. Um, his own. I think either his own immaculate conception story or a resurrection story. I believe it's a resurrection I think story. It's resurrection. I think yes. he was actually made into a god. Was he? I think it, I'd have to look. It's it up. been a long time since I've. Yeah, I I'm, had a, I had an entire book about Greek mythology, I and too, I saw and so many parallels between that and Christianity. It was crazy. There, there are a lot, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, uh, uh, there's. Um, I think there's another one where you have like something where blood is dripped on the soil, and where that blood dripped, things happen. Maybe the olive trees grew, or something like that. Um, you have a lot of a uh, lot of parallels. Oh, okay. So Dionysus also converted water into wine. Mm. Uh, I just Googled this. Um, Jesus and Dionysus similarities. The internet's full of it. All right. Um, Dionysus, like Jesus, was son of the divine ruler of the world, and a mortal mother appeared in human form among mortals, was killed and restored to life. Um. Early Christian writers aware of the similarity between Christianity and mystery cults claim that the latter is a diabolical imitation of the former, blah, 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 which is funny because it came before Christianity. Yeah, yeah that's, that's uh, again, marketing. Mm, yep. Yep. Okay. So let's see. Dionysus was born from a mortal woman, Samil, daughter of the king of Thebes, and Zeus, the father of the gods. Hera, Zeus's jealous wife, planted seeds of doubt in the young mother's mind, and Samil... 
uh, demanded that Zeus come down and take responsibility. Um, let's see. However, as no mortal can stand the sight of Zeus without dying, she was burnt up by his firebolts. Zeus rescued the child and sewed him up in his thigh until he was ready to be born. Interesting. Okay. Um, let's see. So yeah, there's a lot of jealous Hera. Oh, this is talking about, let's see. Oh my God. Okay. This is, this is funny. We were just talking about this. Um, the jealous Hera this time sent the Titans to rip um, the child as in, let's see, Dionysus to pieces by distracting it with toys and mirrors. After they dismember him, um, she sent the Titans to do this. The Titans ate all the pieces except the heart, which was saved. Zeus destroyed the Titans with lightning, and it was out of their ashes that humanity was created. The heart was to impregnate Samil, um, who gave birth to Dionysus again. In either version of the story, Dionysus was twice born, mm-hmm. a title that would later be used frequently in conjunction with his role in the sacred mysteries, initiates of which were said to be born again. So, yeah, um, there's also, um, in that version, um, contradicts, and, and there's always contradictions in these types of things, um, Prometheus creating humans, because that said it was created from the ashes of Titans. Right. But um, according to um, another legend, Prometheus was playing with clay and made humans and then gave him soul or something like that. Okay. I don't know if I've... Yeah, I don't know the Greek creation story, so that's interesting. We have two de- two uh, Greek creation stories. Um. So let's see. Let me go back to my notes. The pagan outlook can be seen as threefold. Its adherents venerate nature and worship many deities, both goddesses and gods. So the veneration of nature. Uh, The spirit of place is recognized in pagan religion, whether as a personified natural feature, such as a mountain, lake, or spring. A lot of sacred groves. Yes, or as a fully articulated guardian divinity, such as... Athena, the goddess of Athens. The cycle of the natural year with a different emphasis brought by its different seasons is seen by most pagans as a model of spiritual growth and renewal and as a sequence marked by festivals which offer access to different divinities according to their affinity with different times of years of, of the year. Many pagans see the earth itself as sacred. In ancient Greece, the earth was always offered the first libation of wine. Um... The many deities of paganism are a recognition of the diversity of nature. Some pagans see the goddesses and gods as a community of individuals, much like the diverse human community in this world. Others, such as followers of, of Isis and Osiris from ancient times onwards, and Wiccan-based pagans in the modern world, see all the goddesses as one great goddess and all the gods as one great god, whose harmonious interaction is the secret of the universe. Okay, so they, they pretty much pull in there's this continuous energy. Right. Like a thread energy. Yes. Um, I do enjoy the... Now, since we are both slightly pagan... <laughs> We're both a slightly undecided and not Christian. Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, we have Christian roots, but... We talked about this other. What's your favorite God? Oh, oh yeah. You never told me yours. I told you mine. I, yeah, I didn't tell you mine. Um... My favorite goddess of any um, of any religion, I- any mythology, is um, Isis. Mm-hmm. And you're a big fan of e- Egyptian. Yes, I wanted to be an Egyptologist when I was younger. 
And see, I'm a big fan of uh, Greece. I'm Greek. Mm-hmm. So Athena is mine. Yeah, and the more I did, after you said Athena was yours, I did research on her. And she, yeah, she's actually pretty cool. She's, even though she's the goddess of war. Fair. We're fair. More she like is not the goddess of war because Ares is the god of war. Right. And he is, but she is kind of like more the general, the thought process right. behind she's it. She's the, the, the chess player. She's the goddess of warfare, strategy, mm-hmm. and wisdom. Um, she doesn't want to go to war. Okay. But when you have to go to war, you want her on your side. Mm-hmm. And she has this, um, I was looking at, when I was doing my research, I found all these little, these symbols like owl symbols, mm-hmm. um, which is really cool. So yeah, she always had an owl. That was her, her, her animal, her familiar, mm-hmm. if you, if you will, avatar. Her avatar. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> her animal companion. Yeah. Um. Uh. And yeah, we as- we associate owls with wisdom. Mm-hmm. I think that's where we get it. Probably so. We get a lot of stuff. I mean, like paganism has given us a lot of things. Like, what do you call the earth? Terra, right? Mm-hmm. Terraforma? Mm-hmm. Isn't Terra like the, like, um, was a one name that was given to, like, the Earth God? The Earth God? Yeah. Like, in every religion, they're, like, in a lot of pagan religions, just like um, Egyptian, I think. Egy- uh, uh, Greek has a, starts out with a god of the sky and a god of the earth and a god of water. You know, mm-hmm. basically your elements. Right. Yeah. And then you farm from there. Mm-hmm. It was like the Titans before the, the yeah, there Olympians. Was Gaia was the earth in Greek mythology. Um, I don't remember who this guy was. Onus? Something like that. Okay. So, I- anyway, we don't have to get off. Yeah, we don't have to talk about specifics and try and remember names of Yeah, all. we're trying to – need. <laughs> I think there's a lot of information we need. We there is a lot of information. So, Despite um, end up being a two-part. Yeah, maybe. Um, but, uh, yeah, I w- I'm going to get into the goddess. Okay. So, the whole idea of – Which you like, love. Yes, I do. Because my entire childhood was – Focused on, like, yeah, my religious upgrading, upbringing of strict Southern Baptist, uh, Southern Baptist was this misogynistic, sexist, really just woman-hating religion. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's really nice to, to have, to, like, to read about a religion that is so woman-friendly and like ascends the feminine f- into a a goddess s- stature, which is, um, which is yeah, is incredibly important to me, and also very exciting for me. So, um, pagan religions all recognize the feminine face of divinity. A religion without goddesses can hardly be classified as pagan. Some pagan paths, such as the cult of Odin or of Mithras, offer exclusive allegiance to one male god but they do not deny the reality of other gods and goddesses as monotheists do. The word cult has always meant the specialized veneration of one particular deity of, or pantheon and has only recently been extended to mean the worship of a deified or semi-divine human leader. By contrast, non-pagan religions such as Judaism, Christianity, and Islam often but not always abhor the very idea of female divinity. Okay, so, sorry to interrupt the, you. I, I have one more sentence okay. left. 
The Anglican Bishop of London even said that religions with goddesses were degenerate. Okay. Um, so you brought up Islam there. Mm-hmm. And, and the only reason I wanted to stop you, because I wanted to hit, hit on this at some point, and I wanted to hit it right now. Okay. <laughs> Islam was originally considered pagan. Really? I think. I think that, like, in the 4th century, it was, or in, like, the Crusades era, era they were pagans. I wonder if it's just because they didn't understand it or if they did have a divine... I think it's a, just because they didn't... divine feminine... No, they have no divine feminine that I know of. Uh-huh. Um, I, they're mono... mono the, the Monotheistic. Theistic. They were worshipping a god that wasn't the Christian god? Mm, same god, different prophet. Oh, right. Yeah. So I want to say, like, if they would be considered heathens or pagans, and then I don't know if they were, like, classified as that or not. I think that later on, like, after the Crusades and things kind of calmed down, they were considered to be not pagans anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's so that we wouldn't keep trying to go to war with them because there was a big uh, caliphate, caliphate. Um, but just it, it's it's a basically a islamic group islamic area okay um it kind of trans it goes across nation national borders okay um so uh but like north africa all through the middle east and stuff like that there was like this area that was just islamic mm-hmm. you know it wasn't really a lot of other religions it it, it would have been what like europe was in the later middle ages where you had Basically, just Christianity. They had already wiped out all the pagans, and you just had Christianity. Mm-hmm. So, all across Europe, even though there were other nations, you, know, you could start the building of nations, it was just this entire area was Christian, this entire area was Islamic, um, and then paganism was just getting driven more and more to the fringes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... um. There, it's really interesting to see the similarities between Islam and Christianity, too. Mm. Like, they're all the same stories. They're just different names. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of, them, a lot of the stories are very similar. Mm-hmm. So the fact that... <laughs> the fact that Jews and Christians and Muslims fight all the time is kind of ridiculous to me. I, I think so, too. I think it... it like, you're, you're all the same. You're the same... You're, you're just different hues of the same thing. Well... Different hues of the same color, basically. I think in the beginning, Christianity had to fight because it was a cult. And it had to establish some kind of legitimacy. And then once it established some legit legitimacy, it had to, like, try to expand. Like, it, it had to expand. It was, And it didn't expand through the teachings of Jesus like it should have. It expanded through warfare, through extermination. You know, through either convert to what we tell you to do or we're going to kill you. Yeah. Um, and, and other areas, it kind of, like, gave, like, the stick and the carrot. Hey, convert to us and we'll give you, you know, some of your already religious stuff, like Christmas. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think that all three of those, well, both Christianity and Islam follow that same marketing process right of we have to expand Mm -hmm. and that's where they butt up um judaism is older it doesn't have that 
Mm-hmm. It it has more of a um, of a you're part of our tribe thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah, Judy, I don't think you're born into Judaism. Yes, you're born into Judaism. You can't convert. I think it's it's a culture. It is an ethnic group. Um, it's yeah, it's it's ancient. Um, there, the the mindset of Jewish people, I think, is completely different than the mindset of uh, Christians, as far as like expanding, ep- in exponentially, right? The way Christians they're not think. looking for converts, right? They they look to expand through their own families, right? Like, I, I, almost like um, um, Amish people. Like you don't become mm-hmm. Amish. The only Amish there are, are the Amish that are there. So the only way you, you get more Amish is to make more Amish. Yeah, in a way, I guess. Yeah, I see that. Um, Which is bad for the Amish because there's a lot of inbreeding. Yeah, I was about to say like the we're we're talk we're starting to talk about inbreeding a little bit. <laughs> um. Uh, let's see. What else do you want to do? You want to touch on anything before I continue? No, keep on going. Okay. Like if we have to run this into two parts, we'll run it into two parts. All right. Awesome. So, other characteristics. The many divinities of pagan religion often include ancestral de- deities. We talked about that. We did. The Anglo-Saxon royal houses of England trace their ancestry back to a god, usually Woden, which is just Odin. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Celtic kings of Cumbria trace their dis- their descent from the god Beli and the goddess Anna. Go ahead. Uh, local and national heroes and heroines may be deified, as was Julius Caesar, and in all pagan societies, the deities of the household are venerated. These may include revealed, revered ancestors and, for a while, the newly dead who may not choose to leave the world of the living for good. They may include local spirits of place, either as personified individuals such as the spirit of a spring or the house's guardian toad or snake, or as group spirits such as elves in England, little people in Ireland, kobolds, which are goblins or gnomes in Germany. Uh, leprechauns. <laughs> Right. So, one more thing. Not all pagan religion is public religion. Much is domestic, and not all pagan deities are humanoid superpersons. Many are elemental or collective. Mm-hmm. So, um, sometimes you just like believe there's like a tree has a spirit, right? Or like the wind mm-hmm. is a spirit. Um, and and I think oh oh oh, in my research, um, there is this idea of. Um, they called them Wite Wite Weaven, which is old English for wise woman, and sometimes translates as white woman. And which is interesting that it sometimes translates as white woman because um, these people would see the mist, mm-hmm. the the fog, the low fog on the on the land in the early mornings, and they um, would go out to it thinking that it was the the wise women, the, the 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 these deities essentially, and would pray to them and ask them for guidance. All right. So one of the things that you were you were just kind of blowing through some stuff there, mm-hmm. and um, so we we so a lot of like um, just uh, uh, um, how we get like um, legends and lore is through paganism, like leprechauns, goblins, you know, that kind of stuff. Right. Through, through paganism. But elves. 
elves. Our whole idea of Christmas elves. So, but I'm going to bring it to a different place. Okay. We love kind of the, I guess this would be sci-fi, but Tolkien. Fantasy. Fantasy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's tons of pagan. That's straight up paganism. Like tons of pagan like imagery comes into that. Look mm-hmm. at Lord of the Rings. Yeah. You know? Elves, mm-hmm. trolls. Um, what is, what is the little, <laughs> what is he? The, the, Gimli? the little guy, Gimli. Yeah. What's, what is he? Is he a, he's not a gnome. What is he? He's an, he's not a druid. What is he? <laughs> dwarf. He's a dwarf. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And then you have the hobbits, the little people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's all, it's all straight from, from. Pagan ideas. Yeah, there's a lot of pagan ideas in fantasy. Mm-hmm. Wizards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, it's not something, like, we still embrace this. Like, we, we do embrace it. Lord of the Rings was huge. We all loved it. Oh, yeah. So, it, you think there's something in us that really wants this, like, pagan ide- ideas more? I think there's something in us that there is always an there's always that awkward feeling when someone comes up to you and is like, I'd like to talk to you about Jesus. Mm -hmm. I think that's the uneasy feeling of this is all bullshit or I hate this is really uncomfortable because I I don't really believe this. And you're trying to, you're trying to force me to mm -hmm. force this on me. Yeah. It's Um, still their marketing. You know, we have to convert you. You have to believe what we believe. Right. Which I think is totally wrong and very rude. Um, and there's another point I was going to make. And, you know, I don't like to hate on Christianity too much because I think that there are some good parts. Yeah, I don't want to be, I don't want to be that person that that hates all Christians. Like, I I don't don't think there are. I think that if you actually look at, like, the overall teachings of Jesus and you could actually. Right, the teachings of Jesus. And you take, like, religion and the dogma. Yes. Of the, the, like, the last thousands of years out Mm -hmm. of it and you go back to the original, it's really nice. It's nice. It's don't be an asshole. Yeah. But we don't do that. Like, we just don't, we don't, like, like I said earlier, we've gotten to the point where we're almost what the Jewish priests were at the time of Jesus. These ten rules have become this entire thing. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of it, if you really want to believe, you know, in Jesus, yeah, that's fine, do it. But, like, he was to me, my interpretation of it, and every interpretation is different. And maybe that's the thing is you have to you have to have enough paganism to have your own interf- interpretation. Yeah, you have to. the 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 Christian dogma that I grew up with did not encourage free thinking. Right, it was believe what the guy up front told you. Right, um, but like it, when you if you br- if you bring that free thinking into it, and you want to like think, hey, you know. He says, you know, to love everyone. So that means I can't hate gay people. Right. You know. Um, yes, I understand we we can't love, like, I, we can't love pedophiles. We can't love rapists. We can't love, like, those kinds of people. Um, but, like, if if they're living their lives according to Jesus, they're not doing that kind of stuff because then they'd be hurting other people. Right. So, you know, that kind of, to me, like, fills that little, like, loophole. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, like you, you got to accept people for who they are, their beliefs. You can't like try to change them, right? 
And I think more and more that's what we're seeing. And that's why people are are leaving, not in our area, but other areas throughout the United States um, and the West. I should say the West in general because it's been happening in a lot of Europe too. People are leaving like Christianity as as not the whole idea of Christianity, but the whole idea of the organized religion Christianity. Right. Because there's they're they're having an issue resolving that. How do I love thy neighbor but hate thy neighbor? Right. Yeah. And organized religion, I think, does a lot more harm than it does good. It can. It, it can. Um, what else? I was going to make another point about... Oh, so, yeah. So the fa- the infatuation with the Lord of the Rings and 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 the fantasy genre. Yeah, I mean, you got The Witcher now and a bunch of other stuff that... Yeah. Yeah. Um, it all like it all stems back to like I think for for Europeans for white Europeans Western Europeans they these are our ancestral stories mm-hmm. these are our these are our myths and our folklore that's being told back to us like our ancient myths and ancient folklore before Christianity and it's 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 fun. <laughs> Christianity's not fun. No, it's not. Um, it has, you know, this this mis- this mystery and um and uh adventure and, and heroes whimsy to it. And yeah. there's, there's different things and everyone can like rise up and you know, they're good and evil. Um yeah, you see so much good and evil like in all the pagans like that I I know of. Like and, and I don't Maybe not so much in the nature um, cults because mm-hmm. I don't I don't I, I don't know a lot about them. But you look at the Greek mythology and the Norse mythology. Um, you can probably speak more on the Egyptian than I know. But the gods are not purely good and purely evil. They're right. a reflection of humani- humanity. Right. They're not perfect. They are a mixture of good and evil. Mm-hmm. They do good. They do bad. So it becomes a thing of like understanding morality, like really understanding morality, not being forced morality, which is not really real. Right. You know, you could, because what happens is when you force morality, yes, the morality is very publicly real, but very privately cannot be real. Does okay. that make sense? Like, it, it's, it's like, it's like the guy who in public would, the guy who beats his wife in private. Yeah. Private probably publicly would never pers- mm-hmm. portray himself as a wife beater, right? Right. But like bec- but his morality is such that private mor- because it's been forced upon him, he doesn't think beating his wife is bad. Mm. Because you wouldn't beat your wife if you like whatever if there is something that you think is bad, you wouldn't do it, right? Yeah. So if you're a person who beats their wife you obviously don't think it's a bad thing because you're able to do it. You don't hate it enough not to do it. So your morality allows that for you. Like my morality would never allow me to hit a woman. Right. Okay? Yeah. So, but if my morality in public said that and in private I beat you up, disclaimer, I do not beat her up. No, he does not. (laughs) This is an example. Um, but that would mean my morality didn't match. Like, it was a forced morality mm-hmm. because it's not really my morality. 
Does that make sense? Yeah. And I also think like we're getting we're getting off topic here, but like when it comes to wife beaters and other rapists. Yeah. There's a there's a I think there there's a big like component of of anger and of sexual um what's the word I'm looking for? Not depravity, but um a, a lack of a lack of sex in their life, okay. basically. And that that brings up something, and we can tie this right back into paganism. Christians think that paganism will lead to that, right? Because but, they don't have morality. But yeah, so it's really yeah, it is really interesting. So like, um, so like. Christian, so yeah, before before Christianity, there were there weren't these really strict rules about sex and demonizing sex and mm-hmm. demonizing sex before marriage and all that stuff. Um, so I th- I guess people were probably happy or happier. <laughs> I mean, it, um, it's, it's weird you can say that. But not you, sexually deprived. Yeah, maybe, I, I maybe. I don't know. It's hard to say because like most of the knowledge that I know of it, and most of the like stories I've hear of it is from the, like, people who weren't, like, the peasantry. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to understand what the peasantry was. Right. Which, were, which would be us. We would be just normal people, right? Right. We wouldn't be the upper class. No. But the upper class had slaves. Mm-hmm. And the upper class probably raped their slaves. Yeah. And thought nothing of it because it wasn't sexually deprived, uh, depravity because, you know, sex is a natural thing. But the person they're having sex with might not like it. Mm-hmm. Because and they were a slave. Yeah, and they were slaves, so I'm sure they didn't see them. They couldn't as... say, hey, you can't rape me. Right. You know, I'm a slave. Mm-hmm. What are you doing later? <laughs> uh, when you get off. I don't. I'm a slave. <laughs> That's from year one, if anybody thinks that I'm just laughing at somebody. Slavery, it's, it's not. I'm not it's laughing it's at slavery. I'm laughing at. Jack at, Black. At, uh, yeah, I'm laughing at Jack Black. Um yeah, so I have this whole theory, um, which, um, that, so demonizing sexuality and keeping, like, keeping people from having sex does create sexual depravity mm-hmm. and does, and I think does cause some men to rape and some men to, to, do violence against women, other types of violence against against women, and there are, I I read this the other day, or I heard this from a podcast or something the other day, that there were a couple of um, there's a couple different guys um, who were uh, who shot up schools, like who did a mass shooting, mm-hmm. who performed a mass shooting. And when asked why they did it, they went on this, either one, both of them, like not, I don't think they had anything in common or they were related in any way, but both of them went on these rants about how women don't fuck them. Okay. So, here, so going completely off topic, I think if prostitution were legal... Maybe there'd be less mass shootings. All right. 
Okay. All right. So <laughs> do you want to get back to... Uh, yeah, I want to get back to, to paganism, but we just... Yeah, that for some reason that just died, that tied into it, and I just wanted to say that. Um, that it's, a, it's an interesting theory. I want to put a pin in and try to come back to, like, morality mm-hmm. and paganism. Yes. At some point. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, let's see. Other characteristics... One, let's see, going down, one consequence, oh no, where did I go? Sorry guys, hang on. Other characteristics, one consequence of the veneration of nature, excuse me, I'm trying to navigate with my keys, there we go. One consequence of the veneration of nature, the outlook which sees nature as a manifestation of divinity rather than as a natural, excuse me, a neutral or inanimate object is that divination and magic are accepted parts of life. Magic, the deliberative production of results in this world by otherworldly means, is generally accepted as a feasible activity in pagan societies, since the two worlds are thought to be in constant communication. In ancient Rome, a new bride would ceremoniously anoint the doorposts of her new home with wolf's fat to keep famine from the household, and her newborn child would be given a consecrated amulet to wear as a protection against harmful spirits. The Norse warriors of the Viking Age would cast the magical war fetter upon their enemies to paralyze them, and Anglo-Saxon manuscripts record spells to bring healing and fertility. Specialist magic technologies, su- technologists excuse me, such as horse whisperers and healers are common throughout pagan societies, but often the practice of magic for unfair personal gain or for harm to another is forbidden, exactly as physical extortion and assault are forbidden everywhere. Okay, so... That goes back to a little bit on the end of that. Morality. Right. They, like, had good morality. One right. It's basically, it's essentially the golden rule. But, like, one of the things that Christianity says about paganism is that it's, there and witchcraft, mm-hmm. we talked, like, it hit on witchcraft there, was witches were casting curses. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, is like what you just said, most paganism forbids it. Right. Now. You treat others the way you want to be treated. I think that this kind of leads into an end of paganism, like a, a not an end of paganism, but a, a a part of paganism that has to be um, um, adjusted. Adjusted, okay. Um, like Christianity has to be adjusted mm-hmm. because science is different. Like both Christianity and paganism used wonder, uh, 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 magic, to explain natural phenomena. Mm-hmm. But now with science, we have explained a lot of these natural phenomena. Right. So when, what you were saying is there was like a, an intermingling of like nature, a god calls stuff to happen. A god calls a hurricane. Mm-hmm. We now know a god doesn't cause a hurricane that winds and currents and different. Right, weather patterns. Weather pattern causes a hurricane. Mm-hmm. But at the time, you didn't know that. Right. So science essentially replaces magic. Right. Science explains what... Magic used what to. What magic used... Yeah, what magic used to. Like, science has taken place of magic. People who believe in magic are... D- just lack the scientific knowledge. Like, it's, it's, it's really interesting. I think magic and science are the same thing. In a lot of ways. <laughs> I, I think what you 
would once consider magic, you now consider science. Yeah, right. I, I guess you could say that. Mm-hmm. I, I see where you're coming from, for, yeah. from it. Uh, me, my logical brain says that, you know, it, it's science takes the place of magic, where we used to explain something as magic. Mm-hmm. We now explain it as um, science. We now understand. You know, uh, fairy circles are now understood that it was, you know, the spores of mushrooms. You know what a fairy circle is? It, it, it's basically mushrooms. So okay. mushrooms would sprout in a circle. Oh. And they couldn't figure out why mushrooms would suddenly appear. Do you ever notice like mushrooms appear out of nowhere? I've never noticed that. Okay. <laughs> this winter and in the fall and stuff like that, walk out in the backyard occasionally and you'll see mushrooms. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, but why? There was no mushrooms there the night before. The spores are floating about. Right. Yeah. So, like, but how? where did the spores come from? Exactly. Yeah. So, the spores have been there since the last mushroom was there. Oh. But it had to wait for the right weather conditions. Oh. Okay. Okay? Yeah. So, fairy circles were that. Like, it, there was a mushroom there, and it put its spores out in a circle. And Always like, a circle? It's just, like, if you have nothing disturbed, yeah, probably a circle. Mm. It would go in every direction. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is the idea, like, and this no, harks back to the idea of, like, sacred geometry. Right. Um, uh, 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 yeah, pie. Yeah. Uh, pie is everywhere. Um, the, the, the golden ratio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, but, yeah, the, the, the thought process of the, so they didn't know why these popped up. They thought it was a fairy circle. These fairies at night would come out and play, and these were their little so- stools or whatever. <laughs> you know, that, that was That's a theory. Cute. That was a theory. Yeah. But like, if you don't, if you don't understand it, and you wake up one morning and there's mushrooms in your yard, mm-hmm. and you're trying to figure out why that happens, then that's where you go. Sure, right? fairies, yeah. I mean, yeah, go to your gods. Right. If there are fairies in your religion, it's a fairy circle. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. You know that it's it, Christianity does this. Um, everybody does this. Like we we've all, you know. Um, hear about how this, uh, how do we explain how the earth was formed, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, sorry, I'm looking something up. Okay. Okay. I feel like, and I don't know, I don't know enough about all the pagan, like, um, religions. I, I feel like when you talk about, like, the nature religions, that seems to be an American Indian thing. I also think it was it's it was a big Celtic thing too, okay. um, as well as in like I think all th- all throughout Great Britain, and I think that's that's most pagan religions I is wonder, a is some sort of veneration for nature. Yeah, but you talk about like the wind god and stuff like that. I wonder if that varies depending on like your your like where you live, like your, the land, like right, the, like your your landscape. Because mm-hmm. you look at, like, a lot of, like, northern Britain, Scotland, Ireland, that's very treeless. So they probably have a lot of wind. The Great Plains has a lot of wind. Is it less so a thing in, like, the, the Germanic tribes where you're in woodlands? In most pagan religions, trees were considered sacred. But are those the tree, like, was that... Again, like if you're living in northern Scotland where there's not a lot of trees. Right. Let me. Is the wind more? I, 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 that's just, we don't have to look that up. It's just kind of a. I have notes about it. An idle thought. Okay, cool. 
Yeah, but that, so I want to get to, do you want to get, do you want to talk about that first? Do you want to talk about modern paganism? Hit modern paganism. All right, let's go through modern paganism and then we can go through the fun little um, deities I found related to Belgium and then like. How are we looking on this episode, time-wise? Time-wise? Um... Uh, we have a minute left. Okay, so we're probably we're gonna have to break this into two. Okay. Do you want to stop now? No, let's go ahead and hit um, um, modern paganism. Modern, and then we'll like take a break, and we'll hit the second one. Okay, cool. All right. So modern paganism, with its respect for plurality, the refusal to judge other ways of life as wrong simply because they are different from one's own. Um, with its veneration of a natural and supernatural world from which Westerners in the age of technology have become increasingly isolated, and with its res- this is the longest sentence ever, and with its respect for women and the feminine principle as embodied in the many goddesses of the various pantheons, paganism has much to offer people of European background today. Hence, it is being taken up by them in large numbers when they realize that it is in fact their ancestral heritage. Its attraction grows. Bunch of liberals. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't that all sound like a like a super lib like thing? All right. Yeah, it does. And with that being said, you have statistics. The amount of, like, um, pagans in the U.S. That's yes. all I got. Okay. Point. Point. Four percent. Point four percent. Yes. Do we have, like, a population count? Uh, Do we have a number of people? Because that doesn't mean anything to me. Okay. I, I remember <laughs> point four, and I... I I should have remembered the other one a little bit better, but I can do this very quickly. Okay. Um, so 330 million Americans mm-hmm. times 0.04. Nope. <laughs> 0.4%. 330 million. <laughs> Let's start over. <laughs> times. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm having problems with my phone calculator right uh-huh. now. <laughs> the suspense is killing us. Yeah. So, like, just over a million. A million. So, we got a million pagans in the United States. So, statistically, yes. Yeah, so okay. a million. But does that increase? Does that decrease? Like, that, that's people who call themselves pagans. Right. We wouldn't call ourselves pagans. No, not really. I'm not. Like, if you were called for a survey and they said, what is your religion? I would put none. Would you put none or would you put Christian? I would put none. I'd put Christian. No, i put none. Okay. Well, I think there's a lot of people like me. I'm not. Like, I'm, you're culturally Catholic. Right. I'm not culturally anything. I was raised Southern Baptist, but I reject that completely. Mm-hmm. So... I, I don't know. I, I feel there's a lot of people like me who are would say they're Christian, but like don't go to church. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, um, I mean, I still worship Christian holidays. So, am I culturally Christian? No. Like, this might be a little personal. Do you believe in Jesus? Do I believe that Jesus was real? Yeah. I have. Doubts. Well, I think we. Yeah, we talked about this in a previous yeah. episode. Okay, so. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't. <sighs> you can have doubts. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, of course I can have doubts. Um, like a, like many things in the Bible, I think it might just be an allegory for how to be a decent human being. Okay. And they so they created this narrator. It, it makes it easy. Yeah. Yeah. Great marketing. Right. 
Um, all right, so um, where were we going with that? Uh, we were talking about there's a million pagans, yeah, pagans in here. And so I think there's there's more. You think so? I, I think so. Like, I, I think that, like, it's hard. First off, it's hard to define paganism. And I'm sure there's a lot of, I'm sure there are a lot of, like, private practicing pagans. Yeah. Like, it's not something you really want to tell people. Right, because people don't understand because the majority of, like, especially hardcore Christians are going to think that, oh, you worship the devil, mm-hmm. which is ridiculous. Or you might, like, literally speaking, like, it. well, I mean, like, from just a practical standpoint, because we are not at this point yet. Traditionally, if you were not, like, um, Christian... You would be passed over for promotions at work. When was this? Up until recently. Oh my god! And even in a lot of circles and a lot of areas, if you're not if you're not Christian, you're not going to get um, you're not going to make it as a U.S. president. That's true. I think there are, uh, there are some. I think Obama. Well, we we know for sure definitely that Trump is not Christian. Trump is full of shit. Right, he, he but he had to claim he was Christian, like like literally he sold out to the Christian yeah, right. Yes, he did because Christian right is very powerful. Right, and so, when he sees power, he sells he sells out. Yeah, yeah. So like literally speaking, like you are not going to make it as president unless you're Christian. Mm-hmm. I don't think Obama was actually Christian. Um, I, I don't know. They had that whole thing with his like um, priest, rabbi, um, whatever, like whatever uh, his religion was in in. The church he went to in um, Chicago, the um, minister was very radicalized. Okay. And and that, like, although, like, like Obama have, is, like, totally, like, covered in, like, um, like uh, uh, cooking spray so nothing sticks to him. Uh-huh. Like, currently, the Ukraine crisis is not sticking to him, but he helped create it. No, he's just narrating nature shows now. Right, but, like... And going parasailing. Yeah. So, like, even during his, like, administration, it was hard to get stuff to stick to him. Mm-hmm. Um, it's because he was so likable. I don't know. I always thought he was arrogant. Yeah. I understand why you don't like him, specifically. Because... You don't, you, yeah, you don't like arrogant, smart people. Right. You can be smart without being arrogant. Right. But I also don't think he's as intelligent as what he comes off as. If you're, if you're arrogant, if you're an arrogant, smart person, you're not a smart person. Mm. You're using arrogance to make other people feel stupid. A truly, like, highly intelligent person can bring people into their fold and make them understand and see their point of view without being arrogant. That's just my view. Yeah. And it's something that's totally missing in the echelons of power here. Mm-hmm. And probably forever has. But, okay, so <laughs> way off base on that one. Yeah. Back to uh, modern paganism. So it's hard to explain what modern paganism is. Like, it, it just is. Mm-hmm. So. Well, yeah, there's, it, there's no dogma. Mm-hmm. So we don't have a guide. We don't have a, a define. Nothing is is defined in concrete about any sort of practice. It all differs of per like by family and by individual. Yeah, there's not even community anymore. 
It's not like you're right. like you like, have like it's not like our you have com- covens. Okay, but that's even sm- yeah, that's small, mm-hmm. and you have to seek that out. Right. But like, it's not like you know, um, there's a small town that like uh, uh, worships a sacred grove anymore. Right. You know. Yeah, it's not like we have these pockets. Of, we don't have pockets of pagans. Right. Like we have pockets of Amish people and pockets of, um, of. Uh, you could even say like of in, Native of, Americans. Yeah. Yeah, um, Native Americans and um, and Indians, uh, Indians from India. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we have and like Asian like yeah, communities. I was thinking, yeah, I was about to say Koreans. Um, this whole idea of like Korean Baptists and everything. But like um, uh, uh, Japanese, there's like probably like communities that spring up around that. Yeah. Um, We'll get into this in a few minutes. I got a few, I, I got one like once we once we go into part two of this, because we do have we do have a very strong pagan culture. We as in in the United States, and it's closer than you think. Oh, can we go there? We've been there. We've been there. What? Oh. you know where I'm talking about now? I think so. Okay. <laughs> stay tuned it's, it's one of two places all right stay tuned to part two to find out all right <laughs> teaser all right so let's finish up um let's just kind of finish up this okay i have three paragraphs left of modern paganism okay so uh democracy was pioneered by the ancient athenians and much later reinvented by the pagan colonizers of iceland home of europe's oldest parliament our modern love of the arts was fostered in pagan antiquity with its pageants and its temples, but had no place in icon, I, iconoclastic Christianity and Islam. Why? <laughs> the development of science as we know it began in the desire of the Greeks and Babylonians to understand the hidden patterns of nature and the cultivation of humane urbanity. The ideal, the ideal of the well-rounded cultured personality was imported by Renaissance thinkers from the writings of Cicero. In the pagan cities of the Mediterranean lands, the countryside was never far from people's awareness with parks, gardens, and even zoos, all reintroduced into modern Europe, not by the religions of the book and not by utilitarian atheists, but by the classically inspired planners of the Enlightenment. I feel like that's more of a stretch. Some of what you just said, and we need to stop and, like, go over this because now we're just, like, reading paragraphs, and I'm sure our listeners don't want us to just, like, hear. Yeah, that, that was one paragraph. Okay. So um, I don't feel like zoos and parks are part of like what that seemed a bit of a stretch that lasts like little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, now some of this the, is I mean the, part of this is an opinion piece. Okay, for sure. So I feel like that's part of the opinion. That's mm-hmm. not you know I think that that it, parks and zoos just happen to be not from paganism, but just because they're fun, and I think anybody would like to see them. Um, I don't think it comes from that. Um, yes. Um, our democracy did start in Athens, and it was a it was a pagan society. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, that seems almost like they're they're disconnected. Really? Yeah, to me. Um, that being said, like although a lot of our founding fathers did believe in one God, they were deists. Deists, which, uh, yeah. Again, you could almost like 
put in that gray pagan area? Like, did they just pr- they didn't subscribe wholeheartedly to the dogma? Right, they didn't. I think like the definition of a deist is um, they believe in a a divine being. Right. Um, okay. Deists insisted that religious truth should be subject to the authority of human reason rather than divine revelation. Mm -hmm. Um, Rational theology that emerged among free-thinking Europeans in the 17th and 18th centuries. Okay, sorry, here's a better one. Deism is the philosophical position and rationalistic theology that generally rejects revelation as a source of divine knowledge and asserts that empirical reason and observation of the natural world... I gotta click on a link to get to the rest of this. Um, are exclusively logical, reliable, and sufficient to determine the existence of a supreme being as the creator of the universe. Okay, so um, yeah, right. All right, so um, basically, that paragraph just gave us some some things that paganism gives us today. Right. One of them was Parks. We kind of dismissed that one. Uh, another one. I think Parks are definitely a pagan thing. I don't. I don't know. Uh, like that's that's it's, it feels like a stretch to me. Like gardens and parks, definitely a pagan thing. I just don't feel like. Uh, I f- yes and no, but it feels too stretchy to me. Like okay. I feel like we all want to have that wild place, that nature, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's pagan. You think it's just hum- humanity? Yeah, it's just human. We're just drawn to the natural world. Well, yeah. I mean, we want sunlight. Vitamin D yeah, is Yeah, we need is, sunlight. Is good the, for us. I think everyone is drawn to beaches and the ocean. and Yeah. Um, like, we're drawn to nature. Like, most of us are. Mm-hmm. Even people from the city, I think, are drawn to nature to some extent. Um, but that brings up a hugely interesting thing to me, which is the especially in Southern culture, um, we love nature. Like, mm-hmm. I love I love hunting. Yeah, Southerners love nature, but they trash the shit out of their forests. We do. So we're not great. I'm mm-hmm. not saying that. <laughs> but what I'm going with is, like, when you watch a – and I don't, like, watch a lot of hunting shows or anything like that. Um, there, there, there are a few exceptions. I think I only watch Meat Eater. Um, Steve Ranella is, it's, I think it's just, it's different, it's good. I don't like all the, like, advertisement and the thanking God for this animal. Mm-hmm. But it's almost a pagan ritual. Like, you've killed something and you have to thank a God for it. Yeah. Like, like again, like. Yeah, we par- talked about this a little bit in the last episode. Yeah, your parallel is to thanking God mm-hmm. for something you've killed, like a sacrifice. Yeah. So you're, you're almost, you're almost kind of in a pagan like you're a pagan Christian. Mm-hmm. I think this should be a thing. Wanna that you can be a, a Christian pagan or I a pagan think you Christian. Should, yeah, because it's a thing. Like there are weird rituals. But the whole okay, I'm. It's semantics right now. The definition of pagan is polytheistic, right? And Christians are monotheistic. Yes and no. Like if you if you worship a sacred grove of trees. Mm-hmm. You are monotheistic because you only worship that one grove of trees. But it's a bunch of beings in one place. It's a bunch of spirits in one place, maybe. Maybe or maybe not. I don't know. Like it, it's That's hard. What I, like the, 
Yeah, like it's it's it's, it's ambiguous. Whole, it's so hard to pin down. Yeah. Like, is a mountain one thing or many things? Mm. Yep. You know, when I when I look at Mount Everest, it's one thing. Right. But it's made up of many rocks. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, like, like I said, like if you're a grove of trees, you're a grove of trees. Does one of those trees leaving make that grove of trees incomplete or no? Of I it, don't know. Eventually, like lightning strikes one of those trees and it dies. You know? I don't know, ma'am. So that's what I'm saying. Like when you look at when you when you're saying this, like the rituals of hunting almost fall into that pagan category. You know, we're going to thank God for a sacrifice. When I killed my first deer in the South, I don't know if this is the same as other places, I killed my first deer. And you usually kill your first deer with another person mm-hmm. around you. It happened to be my father. Uh-huh. And that person will usually field dress the deer. If you don't know what field dressing deer is, you basically have to take the intestines out of the deer so that they don't rot. You want to do this quickly so the deer doesn't rot, especially if it's warmer. You can sometimes get to other places and do it, but you are going to take that out. Mm-hmm. Doing this gets your hands very bloody. Uh-huh. A ritual in the South is when you kill your first deer, you usually don't field dress your first deer. The person you're hunting with will help you field dress it because you probably don't know how to do it. When their hands are completely bloody, they will wipe their hands, their bloody hands upon your face. Yeah, I didn't know about that until uh, until you. Yeah. And and when I had my ritual performed upon me, and it's a ritual. Did you put squirrel blood on my face? I think I put some on your nose. Yeah, that was gross. <laughs> I, had, I had to ride back to camp and enter camp with blood upon my face. Mm-hmm. And everyone knew that I had killed my first deer. <laughs> now, is that not a pagan ritual? I think that goes farther back to caveman times, man. I think that's just like a, a hunter thing. And yeah, maybe it's maybe it's a pagan thing. Yeah. Or maybe it's just a this is what hunters do thing. <laughs> this is what hunters have always done. I don't know. But the, but weirdly enough. I'm like, thinking of that uh, scene in Dances with Wolves where they get the uh, the liver from the buffalo and they have, um, what's his name? Kevin Costner. They have Kevin Costner eat it. Yeah, because it's his. It's the first his first kill. Mm. <laughs> well, the the liver would have the most nutrients. Right. That's. I mean that that is like for a hunter gatherer tribe, that is the most nutrients. Mm-hmm. So, um, um, uh, Game of Thrones, they had um, Khaleesi eat the heart of a uh, of a uh, of a horse of a horse. Yeah. So this isn't unusual. Um, all right, so anything else on, like, modern paganism, neo-paganism, I think is what it's called? Let's see. I'll skip one paragraph, and I will read the last paragraph. I know you're sick of paragraphs. It just It's a lot of reading. Okay. I'll skim it. Modern pagans, not tied down either by the customs of an established religion or by the dogmas of a revealed one, are often creative, playful, and individualistic, affirming the importance of the individual psyche, as it interfaces with the greater power. This sounds like a... Uh, a um, it's an essay. No, 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 no. It <laughs> sounds like someone's sign. Like, Someone. Gemini's are. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Cancer's are. Okay. Are we going to decide who they should marry? Okay. <laughs> 
There is a respect for all of life and usually a desire to participate with rather than to dominate other beings. What playwright Eugene O'Neill called the creative pagan acceptance of life is at the forefront of the modern movement. This is bringing something new to religious life and to social behavior, a way of pluralism without fragmentation, of creativity without anarchy, of wisdom without dogma. Okay. The end. The end. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that or? I think that's, I think that's really nice. Yeah. That's a really nice idea. Okay. I think it. Um, I think it makes a lot. It makes a lot of sense to me. Oh uh, yeah, um, I think the weird thing about that is it flies in the face of what Christianity thinks of pagans. Right. I think, I think early Christians knew that pagans weren't devil worshippers, mm-hmm. and they just branded them as such. So I want to really get into that on the next episode. Okay. Awesome. Like really get into like deeply into what like how we were taught what pagans are uh-huh. and what we viewed pagans as. Absolutely. Like, and, and what we still, like, up until, like, a couple of days ago, I would have probably said I knew the difference, but there was always that click in the back of my mind. Right. So yeah. do you want to um, take a break? Yeah, let's take a break, and we'll come back, and we'll, sh- and we'll uh, do part two. Part two? Yeah. Yeah, I like this. All right. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Tune back in for part two of Paganism. Next uh, week. Next week, uh, we will be will be a week ahead, so that's awesome. Yep, y'all, uh, please rate review the podcast. We went over that at the beginning, mm-hmm. and uh, as far as everyone else out there, just uh, be kind to each other. Yep, uh, listen and uh, what what else did I say? Um, I don't know. Tolerate. Be kind and yeah, be be accepting. I think we're past tolerate. Um. <laughs> be a pagan. <laughs> yeah, be a be a nice pagan. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you guys soon. All right. Bye. Bye, everybody.